Hey everybody, welcome to the fifth episode of the With Podcast. We hope this finds you well, this finds you safe. Uh, we're hoping for you, we're praying for you. And um, this is a place where we are trying to wrap our heads, hearts, and hands around doing this one singular aspect of being with. Uh, with in all its various forms, with God, with others, and with ourselves. You know, I, I don't know if you're like me, but I, I feel like I feel like I'm starting to settle in. Anyone else with me on this? I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I have nothing figured out. Nothing. I'm not at all comfortable <laughs> or in the swing of this thing, but I do seem to be reconciling the different that is here for now more naturally. I've known for quite a while that this was going to be a long haul. Maybe it's the pessimistic side of me, but I just figured we were going to be here for the long haul. It's just that now, as it's really settling in, uh, the day-to-day has established its own design, and I'm starting to move in its timing. I find myself able to go with the flow more. Does that make sense? Am I, am I by myself? It's kind of like when you're learning to dance, which at some frame of my life, I believe I did. Uh, I'm still hopeless as far as rhythmic ability and translating that to my feet. But I have heard that when you learn to dance, you kind of start off and it's hard to find the beat. Uh, you end up stepping on people's toes and it's an altogether awkward circumstance until you discover, ah, that click, that moment where, and then you're there. It's just the flow, and before you know it, you're dancing. That's not exactly where I am, but that kind of communicates it. That being said, in the midst of all of this, there's still a lot. I find myself getting frustrated really easily. I get tired quicker. I find that the notion of a nap, which I haven't done, but the notion of a nap crosses my thought process more than it usually did. Little things bother me more, and then sometimes I miss the little things. I used to catch without even thinking about them. I've got plates spinning, buckets catching water, windows open on my desktop. I'm running out of analogies, but I think I've sufficiently painted the picture. Even as this settles, it's still a lot. I don't know about you, but the more overwhelmed I get, the less I usually do. I get overloaded, so I just shut down. All the talking heads, all the chattering voices make it so I don't hear a thing. And yet, there's something inside me that wants to take this different and still, still make a difference. But where? How? I mean, come on, guys. We're in quarantine. I'm quarantined. And I'm finite. And yet the needs are so great. You you listen for a moment. The information and the statistics and the images and the opportunities are so fast and furious. I personally have a hard time finding my footing to support anyone else or do anything at all. I feel like I'm going to lose my emotional balance. Deep breaths, right, friends? Just slow, deep breaths. Let me speak briefly to that something inside me that I I know is also in you that still wants to make a difference. I want to encourage you that voice is real and it's who you are. But let's be honest, figuring out the fit can be formidable. How do I do that? What do I do? I remember when I attended the College of Women Mary 
I, I applied for and became one of the ropes course instructors. And one of the things about the ropes course and being an instructor there, you had to do the challenges on the ropes course. And so I remember the weekend that I signed up for and went to the ropes course. And yeah, there's some things up in the trees and you swing around. But some of the neatest things that do it, uh, the women ropes course and other ropes courses, is that they have these little challenges set up. Uh, and they kind of set up a scenario, and there's a group of you, maybe three of you, five of you, ten of you, and you have to solve the problem. I remember one in particular was a an imaginary lake that you all had to get to the other side of, and everybody could only cross once. Um, and of course, immediately, the small group of us, I think there were seven or eight of us, just we flatly all just gave up. We said, well, that's just not possible. Tell us the answer. No, you you guys are going to be teaching others to do this, so you have to figure it out yourself. You have to learn how to do it yourself. And after some time of not giving up and deciding, okay, they're telling us that we have to do this, therefore there must be a way to do this. I remember we did that exercise and that challenge, and we did a couple more after that, and I was just... I'm just struck by the reality that when I'm confronted with a circumstance in a ropes course, okay, I don't know how this is going to get solved, but if they're giving me the problem, there must be a solution here. Let's start with that voice, shall we? That something inside you, if you're uncomfortable calling it God or a higher power or Holy Spirit, I'm not going to quibble over nomenclature right now. When you open up the pages of scripture, it begins with this creation narrative, this beautiful poem in Genesis. And it describes how we as humans, if you're listening to this, shocker, you're a human. It says that we're all made in the image of God. Imago Dei would be the Latin term that makes you feel really smart. And being Imago Dei is immediately filled with other realities. Words like blessing, fruitful, multiply, fill, subdue, have dominion. There is a very real part of you and me and all of us across humanity that wants to take part in making, creating, and bettering the world around you. And it comes from that core of who we are as we're made in, have the impression of the creator of the universe. The first act and spoken reality over us is one of blessing, to be fruitful, to multiply, to fill, to subdue, to have dominion. That we have within ourselves this drive, this inner drive to take part in making, creating, and bettering. To be generous. Now, Generosity is, is not born out of solely meeting needs or the con- con- confrontation with lack. And so we're generous. That, that's part and parcel. But generosity begins with the act of properly valuing oneself in the context of others and the larger accepted inclusive we. That the reality is we're not alone. And I think one of the things that we have found and discovered over this coronavirus circumstances yeah, we're not alone. We're not disconnected. In fact, we're very, very much connected. Real generosity, that voice that you struggle with inside of you is proof positive that such doesn't work from the outside in. Generosity works from the inside out. Everyone has or can have a someone. Everyone has or can have 
a someone. In the Bible, Peter was the deal. I mean, he makes lots of mistakes, and we can see ourselves in him all the time because he really says what he thinks. But the reality is, Peter, this is cornerstone of the early church, he was gotten by his brother Andrew. We don't hear much about Andrew after that fact. But Andrew got Peter. Moses, we all know, was an amazing leader, the, the most incredible liberator this planet has ever seen. But his father-in-law, Jethro, Jethro, you maybe have never even heard of Jethro, but Jethro poured incredible wisdom into Moses. Paul had Timothy. David had Jonathan and Nathan. And so many of the people that we study and we read about. And the fact of the matter is that we also read, whether it's scripture or other sources, we're oftentimes reading about these, for lack of a better word, statues, these forms and idyllic heroes, these colossal examples. And when, when we don't see a path to purpose as they did, we don't see a path to be able to make a difference as they made, we can tend to tap out entirely. The unhealth and lie within that is founded not in the difference because you are different. You aren't them. Fill in the blank. You aren't obviously Peter or Moses or Paul or Timothy or David. You aren't that person with a huge platform. You are not that doctor that's going to discover the cure. You didn't even got, get above a C plus in science. The unhealth and lie within that is not that you aren't different because you are. The unhealth and lie is the improper valuation of you. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the show Shark Tank. Uh, we watch it with our kids from time to time and there's so many funny things that take place in Shark Tank. But one of my favorite moments is when this young burgeoning business is being delivered to these sharks and they're trying to decide if they're going to invest and and they always give their valuation of the company and sometimes it's they're valued at five million or two hundred thousand or ten million dollars and whenever there's a problem they never say your valuation is off they never say just right to the point they always say hey you tell me how did you get that valuation how do you why do you think your company is valued at that level and more times than not they are overvaluing more times than not, they miss it in that regard. And when you miss it, whether you're overvaluing or undervaluing, the reality is who you are gets lost in the middle. Of course your platform isn't the same as whoever it is you're thinking about. Your reach will never be the reach of an Apostle Paul who lived at a specific time and specific space when the infant and early church was in its infancy and starting stages. You're not supposed to be like Moses or David or Jesus. The Egyptian empire is over. The wandering in the wilderness has long since been done. And Goliath is gone. The mention of Jesus I just made that had you shaking your head. And what do you, I'm supposed to be like Jesus. Of course I'm supposed to be like Jesus. Listen, you're not supposed to be Jesus. He already did and continues to do in his risen form what only he can do. In John chapter 14, verses 12 through 14, it even details to us, Jesus himself tells us, not that we aren't supposed to be like him. In fact, he says, you're supposed to do different. You're supposed to be and do greater, greater works than me. I mean, that word, the original language is megas, where we get the word mega, big. But it's not just the scope being determined in by a size. It's the shape, the difference of you, the difference of me. 
Now, that difference, that megas of yours and mine, megas speaks to a sphere of influence, a reach. What is in that? What are we to do? What are we to start? The, the convolution for me personally really lands hard and fast right there. We often assess from the outside in and we get paralyzed. But if we actuate ourselves from who we are and what we have, then a generosity is able to flow in an active life of love and service and opportunities realized can be engaged. Let me ask you two simple questions as we consider how we are to be with others. Question number one, what is in your hand? Your passions, your giftings, your capacities, the things that ignite you, the finances in your bank account, the ability you have to make food or do an errand for someone. What is in your reach? Question number two, what is in your reach? Or rather, who is in your reach? Everyone has and can have a someone. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. I don't care about how confined you are. Your ability to listen, your ability to drop something off, your ability to do a chore. At the Fahrenbach house, there are five of us. Christoph, Tanya, Asa, Jude, and Zoe. I know it's been a while since we've probably seen each other, so I wanted to just reiterate and recall for you who the Fahrenbachs are. Christoph, Tanya, Asa, Jude, and Zoe are all Fahrenbachs, and we are all very different. We span the ages of 6 to 39, kindergarten to postgraduate degrees. We like to read. We don't like to read. Some of us are fast. Some of us are slow. I personally am making more of a transition right now from fast to slow. <laughs> there was a season of time where I would gladly play my kids in basketball. Now they have to talk me into it and they destroy me, body and soul. But that's another conversation for another day. Within the Fahrenbach house, who we are is incredibly different. What we have to offer is far and wide. The spectrum of ability and reach that we have, yeah, sure, there's similarity because we're Fahrenbachs, but it's vastly different. The chores that Zoe can do around the house are different than the chores that Asa can do around the house. What I can accomplish is vastly different than what Jude can accomplish. And nobody, say it with me, nobody can do what my wife can do. She's amazing. But the fact of the matter is, when we engage our life and our circumstance and the opportunity to make a difference, on who we are and what we have, we innately become more generous. When we start to relate from that proper value, what we have and who we are, it's amazing how much better we feel at the tangible soul level. I mean, just think about it. When you are able to meet a need, when you are able to be present for somebody who was in lack, that thing that wells up inside of you doesn't it make you feel good? Some would say it's because, yeah, being generous is inherently good. And I don't disagree with that. Others would say, hey, giving is better than receiving. At that point, I can nod my head as a good Christian guy. But honestly, I like receiving. I like receiving a lot. I think that which wells up inside of us when we serve and when we give of ourselves 
is not just because generosity is good, is not just because giving is better than receiving, but it's because we start to align ourselves to how God intended for us to be. That reality of being a blessing, being blessed, so we can be fruitful, so we can multiply, fill, subdue, have dominion. That creation narrative, that beautiful poem that is not just a, 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 a an author writing some words, but a description of who we are. So back to my analogy is the Fahrenbach house. When we clean the house, just cleaning the house, Jude can do certain things. Zoe's not going to be able to do everything, but you know what Zoe's really good at? Zoe can dust. Zoe can dust like nobody's business. Asa can reach all the high places. Jude's actually gotten quite good at doing some things around the house. The cleaning, I'm not going to even talk about, but he's really good at it. My wife and I, we have our chores, we have our things. And it's been interesting as we've engaged this different circumstance, we all have our capacities. You know, we live in a cul-de-sac and we've reached out to the four or five houses and just let them know, hey, we're here. And some of them take us up on it. And we have errands and we do things. And we've engaged Ace and we've engaged Jude to help and be a support. It's not the same thing as what I can do. And it's not everything. But if we would all value ourselves appropriately, looking at what we have in our hands and what is our reach and honor that as God honors it in us, I believe that we would find ourselves making a much better, more beautiful, and godly place here. Hey, we love you all so much. We're so grateful that you podcasted in, you, you tuned in, you streamed in. Now may you, in the way of our Christ, go, be with and for others as God is for and with you.